After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Hola. After further review, you ready, Frank? Yep. I guess we're waiting for waiting on David to uh, take the pulpit. <laughs> you always wait for you always want the worst. Like you really want to give people the hammer. Uh, well, I think David's gonna drop. I just I just want to see David drop it. I think he, I have a feeling that he's going to. He hasn't dropped the hammer in a while. Uh, I feel like he's going to go all. All fire and brimstone today in a couple areas. Okay, yeah, we're talking a little bit about rocket football here as David the Man of God Harris is on here. And since he's the man of God, we've always got to play this. Got to get that church music on here for this segment here for David the Man of God Harris as uh, we're going to let him preach a little bit and uh we'll, we'll also chime in me and myself and, uh my, well myself and frank will chime in the rockets right now are two and two two lopsided victories one lopsided defeat and one game they probably should have won now you've got a mac west division rival because they're still in divisions that the game they pretty much need to win and it's homecoming david go ahead and take 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 it away all right, first of all, when you got when you have the hammer, you got to use it. And the Rockets haven't used that hammer. It seems we teased about it a little bit in the last segment. It seems like the Rockets were really punched in the gut and a good one-two knockout punch. And we talked about it on the show last week. What the San Diego State game would mean, not just heading into conference play, but also to really show fans staff, anyone that really follows the Rockets program, like your bounce back ability, how can you recover after such a demoralizing loss, debilitating loss where you were taken out of it so quickly? And I said last week, it looked as though midway through the third, fourth quarter, definitely in the fourth quarter, once the game was decidedly in hand, it seems like a lot of players just kind of looked like they were defeated, flat and just flat out gave up or were just going to call spade a spade so last week we were hoping for a little bit of all right how do you bounce back and they came out flat we're just going to call it how it is they came out flat early you know the rockets got into scoring position after exchanging punts with senior state who's a decent team i would say comparable to the rockets Um, offensively you played. You played okay. Like the quad fin total two two forty and a touchdown, rush for forty four yards and one score. So again, contributing all of the Rockets' points to one player, which is great when 
things are going well and he's dominating, but where's the rest of the team? And then more concerning for me, um, sticking with the offense a little bit, is how do you finish games? How do you close out? Because great teams are able to close out games when it's close. You're able to complete the comeback. You're able to ride that momentum. You're able to really find that rejuvenation. And really, it wasn't until the fourth quarter where we're like, hey, the Rockets finally showed up to San Diego. Like, it took that, like, I want to say it took us seven quarters to finally see the Toledo Rockets play, well, really six if we're going to include the first quarter against Ohio State before, you know, the onslaught began. It took us six quarters to really see the Rockets full of life, full of energy, full of vigor. And on the defensive side of the ball, the defense did all they could. Like, I don't know what more we can ask for the defense. They held the quarterback to 65 yards passing. Like, that that's outstanding play. Now, granted, the quarterback was eh, a little iffy. Both, I mean, both quarterbacks were, if we're just going to be honest. Um, 207 yards, 217 yards rushing, obviously, is not something that you want to see because it means that they're able to get... Um, they're able to really attack at the line of scrimmage and the offensive linemen are able to get their hands on the Rockets front seven, which has always been our kind of bread and butter. Um, Jordan Bird really having a dynamic game for the Aztecs. But yeah, I, I would say that this game showed me that we're still not there yet in terms of being kind of preseason favorites for winning the conference. Because, yes, we came, we scored two touchdowns in the closing minutes, three minutes left to play. You hope that your defense can um, close that out. But, Derek, you know this, you know, for we've been doing Rocket football for a while. We've always had a problem with closing games when they're close. We've always had problems with the game-winning drives against our defense. And that's not a candle thing. That's not a Campbell thing. That's not like, I feel like that's, that's something that I don't, I don't know where that stems from, but it's, it's been within this program for a while. And as we come to the central Michigan game, there, there have to be questions. Like, cause if we come out flat again, like we did where it takes us until the fourth quarter to really mobilize and be effective on both sides of the ball. Granted, it was a defensive, you know, stalwart. They played well, but, like, questions have to be asked about, is this as far as Coach Kanzel can go? Because mm-hmm. another demoralizing loss, you're sitting at two and three, heading into arguably our biggest game of the season next week. Like, something has to change with this Rockets team, and it starts with the players on the field. Like, you have to, like he says, you know, get back to work. You guys have to fire up yourselves. Or else someone's going to get fired. Like, that's plain and simple. And last, last week was a gut punch and a winnable game. Can't be resilient for forever. Can you give, though, maybe... 
a little bit of out to being on the West Coast. It is difficult. We, we, we've talked about it earlier in the segment. Sometimes when you're way out East, now we're in the Midwest, going out there to the West, teams don't play the best. And really, the Rockets didn't play three quarters of, of horrible football. And in the fourth quarter, they stepped up. Then San Diego State got that score late. Um, but this is a must-win, I think, game. I don't think anybody gets fired if the Rockets lose this week. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think it starts to be the talks and the rumblings. And fans have been they've been talking a lot about how Candle's not the guy that, you know, the old AD, you know, Michael Bryan, you know, rushed to, to promote him to head coach because it was, you know, sentimental value. Uh, but also fans have to also to remember, though, too, you know, we won the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, we ended up being MAC champions with Candle. Had a lot of talent, and he did well with that. Now, nowadays, you know, some people are saying, well, you, you've been having some of the best recruiting classes and things haven't really been coming to fruition. He he did clean up the defensive staff, brought in some guys, I believe, from Mount Union, and, and, and the defense has gotten better. Um, but I will say one thing is that what's absent from the Rockets, which has been always something dominant, is a running game. And I don't think we really have a, a dominant running back. I think you have Finn. You have a few receivers. Finn is our running back. Right. But you can't, obviously, you can't have your quarterback being the running back. That, that, that's just the recipe for disaster. Uh, if you ever notice teams that are kind of up and down or, or right at 500 at the quarterback, as one of your top rushers, mm, that's a bad sign. No, that's a really bad. Either a you don't trust the running back; they're just not good, or your quarterback's running for his life, and plays are breaking down. And you you hope for it to happen, but here's my thing, and here's my take. I I think with the new AD here, it's you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Everybody knows this is a stepping stone. If you do bring in someone good, they're going to be here two or three years and then poof, they're gone. So when the the candle hiring happened, remember, he was actually on the Iowa State staff. He was going to be the offensive coordinator. He was going to leave with Matt Campbell. Then they said, we'll bring you back. We'll give you, I think it was close to $800,000 at the time. I think his contract has gone up. But the reason why they kind of did that was because they kind of kept continuity with the team. The team wanted him back. We knew it was really talented. So I don't really agree with a lot of fans' takes that Michael Bryan was this lazy and should have went on this national search to find a coach. Um, but if you were kind of connected like we were back then when I was a sports director, there was people that were within the football program saying, if you know, this is a really elite, talented group of players. If he doesn't get the talent you'll start to see a lot of the coaching mistakes. And what has happened? Talent level has dropped. We're seeing a lot of goof-ups with the coaching staff. Am I right? Yep. But, Derek, one, I think one thing that you and I talked about, uh, when Toledo won the MAC, I think I want to say it was... 2017. 17. Didn't we have a conversation that once it happened, start the clock? Yeah. Either start the clock. Think, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. It was either start the clock that Candle was going to leave for better pastures, or start the clock of his decline. I will. I will give you an example. Then it's right down the road there with the, the that team from down south, Gary Blackney. He came in, and you guys aren't old enough to remember this. The late '80s and the early '90s, BG was crushing the Mac, 
And Gary Blackney was on everybody's list of power fives. Now, obviously, they weren't power fives back in the day, but the big boys to get a job. Blackney had it really well and cool and BG. So he figured, why do I need to leave? I'm winning. I'm crushing everybody. Then the talent fell off. He went in with the bang and went out with the whimper and then eventually was fired. But he stayed too long. And that's the the problem with this. This is the reason why it's like a stepping stone. You come in, you got to leave when the pan is hot. Candle stuck around too long. I'm pretty sure there was last season or the season before where he could have went down to Miami and became offensive coordinator, I believe. Um, you know, and got paid as much or more. So you you have to take that situation, and I think that's where where Candle's at right now. Are you going to get a Power Five job? Probably not. You're not going to be like Matt Campbell. You probably get a coordinator's job. But now that the program has regressed. It's making you look bad. And I, I think that's where he's stuck right now. And I think maybe for the best for him and the Rockets is maybe to part ways after this season. Just for best best for both parties. Because if he stays around and this is another mediocre year, you're going to keep him around for next year? <laughs> yeah. Make, are you, is he going to turn into what Frank Solich has been at at Ohio? Right, it, it doesn't. It doesn't end well. It doesn't end well at all. I, I don't think I've ever seen any Mac coaches kind of go off in the sunset. Most of the time, either they leave to higher pastures and their careers skyrocket, or they just leave in mediocrity and they're never heard from again. And I guess that's depending on which path Candle goes. I don't know your thoughts, David. No, I think it's an interesting conversation. And I think kind of just because this past week against San Diego State, we saw a lot of the things that have been, again, marking the Rockets for even before Kendall was a head coach, thinking about three interceptions, kind of those kind of things that are debilitating. We think about two two possessions that ended with turnovers. So, you know, one interception, one from recovery in the second quarter. Like, shooting ourselves in the foot has never really helped us. And it always seems as though whenever we get that momentum, it's like, boom, something happens, then we're on the, then we come out flat. Like, there are too many. And I think the question that will be asked about Coach Candle, particularly, and that probably have been asked throughout the week, is, how can we turn like how can we turn this around? Like what can we learn from this? He's always talking about resilience. He's always talking about kind of that bounce back. But in the midst of collapsing, you know, narratives shift week by week in college football. You could be, you know, we are three minutes away from great comeback victory riding high into conference play, now it's, you know, reflect, deflated. You know, your quarterback played all right. You really don't have a running back. We're just going to be honest. Like, Jaquette Stewart was our leading rusher. But, like, it seems like there's still that committee that they're still trying to figure out who's really going to be that number one now that Kobach is gone. Like, all the pieces are there. It's about the execution on the field. 
Now, part of that is within control from play calling, scheming perspective. But then some of it is if the players don't execute, like you can only do so much and, and the narrative keeps shifting. Like when we're doing well, it's, oh, we have these gems, we have these diamonds in the rough. We have all these, you know, it doesn't matter what the star says from the ESPN rankings, all that crap, but like how they play well and they mesh well and they play together as units. Now, after two games, that's well, eh, we don't really have the personnel, you know, if we, you know, should he recruit a player, you know, bring in his guys and now his, his guys have had a chance to be in the system and learn from the system, you know. When we when you win, the narrative is always in your favor. Well, here's the thing, I, I and I just, you know me, I I just coach coaches differently. I, I hate the well once they get the guys in your system. Well, as a coach, you got to be kind of creative with the talent that you have. I get it. Those are your guys. Once you take the job, and you have to evaluate the talent, put them in the best place to to succeed. That's your job as a coach. Not this, well, this is my system, you don't fit, I'll run you off, and I'll finally find my guys to get the system because it could take forever. I mean, you, 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 I got to find these guys to fit my system. No, your job is to try to find talented players and then build around that talent. And I hate I hate it when people say that. Well, you got to find a guy to fit his system. If, if, if you're trying to find guys to fit your system, you're never going to be good. I mean, it's the same equivalent of some of these quarterbacks that you know he, he's got to be a system you got to get this around him it just means you're not a very elite player like Justin Fields he's not an elite player they got to get him receivers they got to get him this they got to get him no if you're really one of the elite uh quarterbacks or players or coaches you come in and you elevate the play of others if you ain't doing that you're not much of a coach. And I'm not saying the results of wins and losses. Cause there's some team, let's be, let's face it. There's some trash players out there that some coaches get that. It's just like, they suck. And in the end of the day, the more talented teams are probably going to beat you out. But if you can get it to where you have players and we can see that they're not very good and you get them to compete, that means you really prepare those players. Well, like for instance, this Ohio state game, quite a good example if the Ohio State, if, if if we would have only lost by two touchdowns, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. They came in really well prepared. You knew damn well you were outmatched and you were playing at the shoe. That was pretty good coaching. But not only did you get crushed, then the next week you laid an egg. So now the coaching starts to become in question. If you would have kept it close against Ohio State and beat San Diego State, when we have this conversation, exactly. None of this well, conversation. I mean, also, well, I mean, I also think if Thomas Clucky doesn't miss that field goal and then in that ensuing drive, San Diego State first scores that first touchdown. Yeah, does that even shift the conversation? Uh, yeah, but you, you never leave the game in the referee's whistle, and you never leave the game on the kicker's foot. If you would have went in down there and did what you were supposed to do, which you should have probably had their, your foot on their throat from the first quarter. You're not having the worrying about Clucky. I get it. Guys play bad and this and that all the time. But this has been kind of repetitive the last few. You're starting to see a pattern here the last few years. That's that's my concern with this Rockets team is that it, it's starting to become a pattern. If it happens once in a while, okay. So there's just something there. And, and now 
without the over glaring talent, it's starting to become more and more obvious. I think in his early years with Candle, you know, Logan Woodside, you had Corey Jones, a whole plethora of people. I mean, because there's some guys that kind of intertwined within there, you know, um, Cody Thompson. You just had guys that were just guys that just you could make mistakes and their talent superseded it. And that's not what they have here with the Rock. Because they have a couple pieces here and there. But like you said, the offensive line is not like the offensive line. There ain't no Storm Norton walking through that door. So now you don't have as much talent. You got to sometimes hide things and, and, and try to come up with game plans. And I'm sure they're trying. It's just not working. And like I said, I think for the best, for the betterment of the Rockets and the betterment of Candle's career, if, if, if they don't get a MAC championship, I think it's best just to part ways. Because if you keep doing this, this is going to keep rearing. It's, uh, I don't see anything changing. It's going to be this. This has been like the second or third year in a row we're talking about firing Candle. The message boards are talking about firing Candle. Well, we're tired of the blunders. It's going to get to the point where he just hits rock bottom and he might not be able to recover. Now, he might have made enough money to where he's like, I ain't got a coach again. I, I my, my pockets are full. But he seems like a very passionate guy that loves to coach and loves to be around the game of football. Remember, I've interviewed the guy before. So I, I think he might be having in the back of his head. He might love the city of Toledo and everything like that. But sometimes you got to know when to hold him and when to fold him. And, I and think no one to walk away and no one to run. Exactly. And I, I think it's time to fold them and run away find someone else maybe latch on with a power five as an offensive coordinator build your resume up and then <laughs> go back on and, and start coaching again I, I just see that's where it's going at because I just don't I don't see I, I don't see keeping candle where the improvement is going to come from well I mean you mentioned latch on somewhere as a power five coordinator does he go would he hypothetically go to the Nick Saban rehab clinic well, he doesn't have a connection with Saban. Usually, right. most of those guys have like some connection. I could honestly see him going out to Iowa State. Could and joining Coach Campbell, right? And then if they do that, if they have that same magic that they had back in the early to mid teens, he's back in the saddle, and now he's being talked about as another head coaching. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes things just work out work out for the best. Yeah, you're the head coach here, and you're doing whatever you need to do. Sometimes you just got to take a step back and be like, look, you know, this is going on. I don't really see where this is going. This just part ways. If you if, if Iowa State has a, a spot open for him, go over there. Try to see if you can recreate some of the magic that you did here in the early teens with Matt Campbell. And then you're off again. It happened. Like you said, it's the rehab assignment. Well, here's a place where he could go. Same state, but different school, and that's the University of Iowa because their offense is just putrid. Mm-hmm. Worst in all of college football, I believe. I was listening to uh, Five Star Zone with Rico Beer, and he was saying that Iowa is dead last in all of FBS in terms of offense. I mean, like, for instance, you've seen on message boards, here's one, you know, the side of the defensive side of the ball, I give them credit, and I agree with this poster here. It's on one of the Rockets message boards. It looks pretty decent with with Kearns. It looks good. I mean, cause before, before our, our defense was putrid, I mean, we, we'd have basketball scores back in the day. But the offense was great, but now the offense is bad. People are saying, well, 
do you now this would be stupid you don't get rid of the head coach and the offensive coordinator and keep the defensive guy and and and, and promote him i think it's got to be a total clean house if, if, if the staff mm-hmm. is gone because you've done enough changes candle came in replaced the defensive staff the defense has really gotten better you know candle's supposed to be the offensive guru but it's just not not coming to fruition and that could be a little bit lack of talent, but at the same time, when you're coaching, you got to know what what what's your limitations and whatnot. Preview on Central Michigan. Yeah, I think this is like we know it's a must-win game. Like plain and simple, we we cannot come out flat like we did last week against San Diego State. We cannot have drives that stall. We definitely can't shoot ourselves in the foot with turnovers. Um, we know that the defense is going to continue to play well, and I expect them to play well. Yeah, my key is, what are we going to see, not from Daquan Finn, because we know he's going to get his, but my players to watch are the running backs. Like you said, who is going to be that running back? It can't be Quinn you know, running seven, eight, nine yards a carry. No. Like, we need a consistent running game who is going to be that running back whether whether it's a tandem both of them have you know 70 80 90 yards a piece or one guy goes off and is playing well like that needs to help be the catalyst for this offense yeah like the quiet fan can't have 44 yards of rushing and one touchdown and then you know jacquez stewart has 54 yards of running and no touchdowns 10 more yards than your quarterback, then it's not good. And the next person after that is Makai Kelly with 14 yards. Penny Boone had nine, and Tucker Gleason had one. Wait, well, back, back up for a second. You, I heard you drop the name Penny Boone. Mm-hmm. Is that the same Penny Boone who uh, transferred from Maryland and actually played high school ball at Detroit King? Possibly. Because I, I reckon because... Oh, I heard the name's like, wait a minute. I think I might know who that is. Uh, it could be. I mean, like I said. Let me. I'll let you guys look that yep. up. It yep. is. MLK. Aha. That, that's what I thought. <laughs> well, David, once again, that was the. They get that off your chest there here on 88.3 WHTs. After further review, I mean, it, it, the, the next opponents that we, we're going to look up here, like I said, it's going to be it's going to be interesting here. You got your two and two. You got Central Michigan. This is a must win. I say this has got to be a must win, and it'll be at three o'clock. And I believe it also will be on here on eighty eight point three WHUT that we broadcast in the game. Yeah, the Central Michigan game is also going to be aired on NFL Network. Network. Yeah, three thirty. My bad. Three thirty. Yeah, Next week at three thirty at NIU. You know they have those signs that say "Breathe if you hate Toledo." Then in two weeks they're back here for Family Weekend against Kent State. Then the two Saturdays that end up, so all every every game will be on Saturday on, in October, and then you obviously go to the weekday games. You got Eastern Michigan on the 29th. on the twenty second. This is at Buffalo. So after Kent State, they got two roll games at Buffalo the twenty second, and at Eastern Michigan the 29th, which is not going to be an easy one against Eastern Michigan. Although Eastern Michigan did just lose to Buffalo. True. Then. November twenty or November eighth on a Tuesday, you got Ball State here, and then you've got that team from down south, November fifteenth at seven o'clock, and then they end the season on Friday, 
against at Western Michigan, November November 25th at noon. It'll be on ESPNU and the CBS Sports Network. Well, it would probably be on one or the other. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't think it would be on both. Right. But against the team down south, it'll be on ESPN2 or ESPN The U. Yeah, so it should... It'll be interesting, but I, th- I mean, I do, I do kind of agree with what David was saying earlier that this game against CMU is a referendum game. No, oh, it needs to be one. Your next yeah, two yeah. opponents, yeah. sets it up for for you to try to get to the MAC championship game at least. Get you in the driver's seat. If not, if, I think if you lose this game, more pressure against Northern Illinois. But if you lose both of these games. You're gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of angry Rockets fans. They're cheerful right now, right outside of here at Rocket Hall, but not gonna be so much if you lose this game, and especially against Northern Illinois. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. Frank, you got your Friday recap. Yep, and we'll hit on some scores, and uh, also have to uh, pay tribute to a good friend. Hmm. Also, by the way, Frank is back after getting injured on the football field. You were on the IR. Yeah, I'll I'll touch on that, too, for you guys. All right, you listen to 88.3 WHT's After Further Review. Make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud and on iTunes. It's WHT's After Further Review with a picture of Frank Master with the horse's head. Also, what was that bet that David made where he might have to wear the horse's head? Oh, I think David said that he would be where he, he already did. Uh, David, what was that? Refresh my memory. I don't gamble. Well, it was, you said something about how you would come if something happened. You would come here and wear the horse's head. Oh, it's it, it's on somewhere on an audio file. We'll find it. Yeah, I mean, I, so I just don't try to get would, out of it. Yeah, I figured you would try and remember. There was there was no there was no there was no there was no financial implications. On it, is that you would be in studio with us wearing the horse's head, and I would have I'd have to dig, I'd have to go ahead and dig it up, but refresh my memory because I've been kind of tied down with football. Yeah, it's if the, the Browns beat the Steelers. Oh, 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 oh right. wait, and that did happen. So. Hmm. David, are you are you going to make a trip here and be in studio with us? We'll see after this commercial break from these sponsors. <laughs> That's a good so, one. Oh, so so not, the, now I'm going to have to go and dig up the horse's head from my closet at home. Yeah. I will make sure. I will make sure it is ready for you, David. Believe too believe too much into them Steelers, though. That's right, the Browns did win. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we return, we'll talk a little bit about Michigan high school football and the season is almost wrapping up in high school football. That and more here on 88.3. She's after further review. We'll be back after this. Yeah. 